going on, everyone? This is the Status Alternative Podcast. My name is Brittany. This episode, I'm not going to lie, is going to come off of the events that happened last night on last night's AEW episode. This is... Last night's episode was July 21st. So, man. If you haven't seen the July 21st episode of AEW Dynamite, somehow, someway, you got to go watch it. Because, oh my goodness. So, right off the bat, this is just going to be me rambling on my current opinions on what I think of the current state of professional wrestling. Because I will say this. The current state of professional wrestling, in my opinion, for as long as I've been watching, which is like 2005-2006, it's never been funner. It's been fun, interesting, crazy, like, just... I'm gonna be honest with you, shit I've never even thought that could possibly happen in all my years of watching wrestling. Like, oh my god. Last night's episode, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. Spoiler alert. But, okay, so, you already got like 15 minutes into the show. Like 15, 20 minutes into the show, right? They have the Sean Spears versus Chris Jericho match. It is the first labor, because it's like the five labors of Jericho, I think it, they're calling it, where MJF basically tells Chris Jericho, like, I think, like, a couple of weeks ago, like, hey, you can't come against me or you can't face me unless you beat these five opponents, right? These five individuals. So the first one, it's a chair match, but the only person that can use the chair is Sean Spears. Chris Jericho cannot use a chair. So, Chris Jericho wins the match. Um, Then next thing you know, MJF gets on the mic because he was on commentary the whole entire match. He gets on the mic and he says, Alright, since you... um, He he was like going on his whole spiel about the next opponent, sort of hyping them up, hyping them up. The next thing you know, he says, Nick Gage, I damn near fell off my couch. I was like, oh my god. Game Changer Wrestling GCW Nick Gage. The King of Deathmatch Wrestling Nick Gage. The guy that will use a pizza cutter and almost mutilated the crap out of David Arquette Nick Gage. Dark Side of the Ring Nick Gage. That Nick Gage. And I damn near fell off my chair. I was like... Oh, hell no. You mean to tell me they got the they got Nick Gage on AEW? Like, oh my god. And then that wasn't even the first of the many surprises. Then next thing you know, Andrade Idolo comes out. Basically, he's calling out Death Triangle. And next thing you know, oh, Chavo Guerrero. Like, you pull Chavo Guerrero out your ass for AEW. AE- and then you got rumors going around. You got rumors going around. I don't know if it's confirmed or not. You got rumors going around basically saying that Daniel Bryan has signed with AEW, but we don't know that yet. They haven't confirmed it yet. Nobody's saying anything, so that rumor is going around. And then rumor is that CM Punk is looking to start his in-ring return, and it's like, oh, the rumors are abound. Are, is, is he going to come to AEW? Because everyone just assumes... And by everyone, I mean a majority of the IWC, the internet wrestling community, thinks that CM Punk is going to sign with AEW. That, I don't know. I have no clue. Once again, I'll see it, then I'll believe it. But other than that, oh my god. The current state of professional wrestling right now as a whole, 
Like, this whole, like, from last weekend to this weekend has just been nuts. And I mean nuts. Like, I, I just feel like it's hot. It, it's been hot. It's now getting to the fever pitch or it's hotter than it's ever been at this point point in time. Because you have, like, the shows on A and E, the, um... A and E biographies with the W with the WWE wrestlers with like Roddy Piper and Stone Cold Steve Austin, Booker T and HBK and Bret Hart. And then you have those biographies. Then Dark Side of the Ring on Vice. And then you have the China documentary. You got like oh my god. The uh, uh A and E Most Wanted Treasures on uh A and E as well. Like, oh my god, like Sorry, it's it's crazy to me to witness professional wrestling as it is right now. Because I think what's crazy to me is the fact that you're witnessing history happen right in front of your eyes. Because I, I was telling Naomi this, my co-worker Naomi, like, it is amazing that what I'm feeling right now is probably what fans of professional wrestling back in the 90s felt with WCW and ECW, like, witnessing history change for the better, like, all, so I was watching Slammiversary, I watched the Slammiversary pay-per-view, um, the Impact Wrestling Slammiversary pay-per-view, and oh my god, it was amazing, it was the first time fans were back for an AEW, not AEW, Impact pay-per-view, you had Kenny Omega versus Sammy Callahan in this crazy-ass match, and then the night ends, and then Jay White from New Japan comes out. And he's going to be on tonight's episode of Impact Wrestling to just basically... And it's just the idea that you have these companies. So they were doing a promotional package for Bound for Glory. And they had the... Triple A, the Lucha Libre Triple A logo. They had the New Japan Pro Wrestling logo and the AEW logo. So, and it's Impact is bringing in wrestlers from New Japan. They have a working relationship with New Japan. They have a working relationship with AEW. They have a working relationship with Triple uh, A. And it's like an AEW, vice versa. Like, they have... Kenny Omega is their AAA champion. Uh, uh, Lance Archer, currently right now, is the United States IWGP... Uni the IWGP United States champion, because he beat John Moxley last night. So now he's the... And that's a New Japan title. Jay White, who is a New Japan wrestler, is coming to... Um, is coming to Impact tonight. And... Kenny Omega is the current Impact World Champion, the TNA World Champion, the AAA World Champion, and he is the uh, AEW World Champion. The man's holding four titles from, like, three different companies. And it's just, it's so crazy to see what professional wrestling is now. And I never would have seen this happen. Like, to give a bit of, like, a back history, with me, I was watching, like, two years after the Ruthless Aggression era started. So I came in, like, late 2005, early 2006. My earliest memory of professional wrestling is watching on UPN and seeing SmackDown. 
and seeing Kurt Angle and I guess in a fight with Rey Mysterio. That was like my earliest memory. And it wasn't until we kept watching it and watching it that like I remember when Triple H and Shawn Michaels ended up reforming their version of DX in like 2006 and I haven't stopped watching since. Like and to see like the Genesis then bring back ECW and then see how that like rose again and then fell again and then seeing how that transpired like it's interesting to see how much history has changed like and then mind you when I was younger that was all I watched all I watched was like WWE product I hadn't heard of like Ring of Honor I didn't know what indie wrestling was I didn't he I didn't know what New Japan was I didn't know what Impact was because Impact at this time had already been established after like what, four years? Because Impact started in, like, 2002. And by that time, it was, like, uh, NWA TNA. Because they were, like, had that working relationship with NWA. And then, next thing you know, they changed their name, like, two years later to just TNA. And then developed their own titles and all that fun stuff. So, like, I was super hyped, like, this morning when I was, like, thinking about this episode. Because I'm, like... At first, I was a little bit hesitant because I didn't think there was, like, much going on for me to talk about. And there's actually a lot to talk about. Like, AEW is slowly becoming this major company, and they've only been around for, like, two years. And they're already, like, selling out arenas. Like, all they're all out pay-per-view, sold out, without any matches being announced, and I'm going. And, oh my god. And then just... The bevy of the roster just keeps bi- getting bigger and bigger and, 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 and more hopeful. And just, like, it's getting really... It's becoming really impressive in their NXT... In, not NXT. Their uh, AEW's women's division is getting better by the day. Like, all the stories and just the characters and the wrestling is just... It's an all-around damn good show. And, they, and then to see the surprises, like, I... And th- that's the crazy thing to me, is the surprises. You Nobody knew nothing when Malachi Black debuted. Like, I remember there was rumors going around, but nothing. Nobody said boo. Nobody said nothing. There was no word at all. Nobody knew nothing. And then all of a sudden, oh, Malachi Black just shows up on their first, like, show on the road. I think it was Road Rager. It was Road Rager. And it's like nobody knew anything. Nobody knew anything. The same the same thing with like Andre Andrade coming in and debuting on AEW. Nobody knew. Paul White debuting. That I didn't hear about that until it was on the internet and they announced it. Hell, I didn't even know Mark Henry was signed to AEW. Nobody knew anything. And that's what makes it great. That's what makes it fun again. To to see that those surprises, like, you don't, you don't get those surprises anymore, and this is not gonna be, like, a knock to WWE and what they've been doing these past, like, 15, 16 years, it's just that, I don't know, it's just something is lost, something, I, I, I feel as though when they announce stuff, like, when they announce, like, certain people are coming, like, Samoa Joe is the most recent example. So, everyone knows Samoa Joe gets released 
And everybody's like, what the heck are you doing? Everyone raises a fit. Everyone is like, are they crazy? How can you release a talent like Samoa Joe? Samoa Joe can wrestle, he can go in the ring, and he can talk on the mic. Point blank period. Once again, this is my opinion. He's a damn good hand to have. So how is it that they release him, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, he signs back with the company, and then they debut him, and then it's just not special anymore because now we already know. Like, you could have just not... Like, in my opinion, to make stuff like, with professional wrestling, there aren't that many surprises anymore, and it's hard to do, especially with the internet, and everyone just using speculation, and everyone feeling like they need to get a story out just for the sake to break the story, when you can just leave it alone, and just like, hey, we can keep this on the quiet so nobody knows, and then that generates more word. Rather than, like, just jumping on the story right then and there, so then it just doesn't become special anymore. In my opinion, that's how I see it. But Malachi Black, I didn't see coming. Nick Gage, I didn't see coming. Hell, I didn't even see Chavo Guerrero. Like, I, like, I did not expect to see Chavo Guerrero. Because, once again, nobody knew. I didn't know. I didn't hear anything. Like, oh my god. I did not hear anything. But man, just, it, it, it blew my mind. Because to just witness how professional wrestling has changed since I started watching is just amazing. To see how a little bit of competition, like the first major competition in like 20 years, to see how well this has started. Like, my God, it's like... So much has happened within, like, hell, not even the past, like, 20 years. Hell, in the past two years. Hell, the past three years. Everything leading up to AEW starting to where it is now, seeing what has happened in, like, two years. Like, I just, I was on Twitter earlier while I was at work, and it had, it today is, like, a year to the day when Eddie Kingston first set foot on AEW product. I did not know it had been already a year since uh, Eddie Kingston made his debut on AEW to challenge Cody for the TNT Championship. And it, it, it's been crazy. Like, to see what he's done in the past year and how much he's beloved, man, it is crazy. But I just, I had to jump on here and just talk about, like, the current state of professional wrestling. And I think the thing that makes me happy is to see that all these companies are working together to just give fans like a better product. That's all it is. They're not in in the whole agenda like AEW's agenda is like yeah, sometimes they poke fun at WWE because it's there and it's kind of what they do cuz it's how the young bucks started and Hangman and Kenny and like in like in uh, the young bucks and all of them it, it's and Cody. It, it's kind of like what got them noticed. If you wanna, if I wanna say that, it's kind of what they got them noticed. But since then, it's sort of been like, for at least on my opinion and from my viewpoint, it just seems as though they're just trying to do. They're staying in their own lane a majority of the time. A majority of the time, they stay in their own lane. They just do whatever makes their fans happy. They're not trying to compete with anyone. 
it, it's not so much a pissing contest that is, as it is for making wrestling better. Now, there are examples. There are a couple of examples. Don't get me wrong. I have noticed it. Uh, Eddie Kingston's, like, promo he gave... Eddie Kingston's promo he gave after Jungle Boy's match. Um, Tony Khan uh, sort of responding back to Nick Khan and everything like that. And, yeah, there are there. I'm, I'm totally aware of those, like, shots that they fired at them. But, mind you, when this first started, I just want to... I'm not trying to defend any type of, like, shots being fired or anything, but I will say this. There was word going around. I think it was confirmed. Triple H referred to AEW as a piss ant company. Just saying. Not trying to do... I'm not... I already did that episode of NXT versus AEW. I already did that episode. But... I digress. It's just... It's very fun and interesting to see all these companies working together and getting people talking and sort of like... um, Just... I don't... Just catering to the fan, I guess, is, like, for a lack of a better term. Because, like, who wouldn't want to see these dream matches happen? Like, who wouldn't want to see all these dream scenarios just happen? And it's something for everyone to do. There's not... There's something for every wrestler to do. They're not just in the back sitting on their hands and, and sitting on their hands just twiddling their thumbs waiting for an opportunity to happen. It's like... They're purposely out there, like, saying, oh, you can, if you, if we're not doing anything with you, or if you have any type of, like, like bookings or dates coming up and you want to go do it, go do it. If you have any indie responsibilities, go do it. If you want to go make an appearance here, go do it. They're encouraging it, because it's like, we're not, it, I feel as though for them, it's like, if we're not using them, they can just go somewhere else or do what else they want to do. They can still go do and make money. Like, who are we to deprive them of their opportunity to make money in this sort of day and age, especially with, like, you know, COVID still being around and everything, and they're doing it the safe way, but, like, making money in this pandemic era. Like, who are they to, like, stop them from doing that? And it's just, it's amazing to see. And especially, like, you see, like, they're having fun, they're enjoying themselves, they get to work with their friends, and I don't know about you, but one of the main reasons why I love professional wrestling is the camaraderie. The sense that you have a group of people who get to come together to do what they love. That's why I like professional wrestling, skateboarding, comic books, anime. It's, like, essentially just a group of people coming together to just geek out and be geeky and be nerds about stuff that you know not a lot of people would understand and that's one of the things I love about professional wrestling so the current state man if you think about it like to see the history of how everything got like just just impact alone to see what has happened with them and their sort of rise and fall and their their rise again if you will to see like because I remember so, I was wa- I've been watching, like, WWE since, like, late 2005, early 2006. I'm just gonna put a staple in it right now and just say 2006. Because that's when I really got invested into it. And 2006. So, by, like, I had been watching WWE for, like, three years at this point. Just constantly watching 
WWE product. SmackDown and Raw, ECW when it first started, getting into, like, finding out about CM Punk and Mr. Kennedy and, like, Jeff Hardy and developing these favorites and Edge and Randy Orton and Shawn Michaels and, like, Triple H and seeing these guys and becoming a fan of theirs. And then, next thing you know, like, I hear there's word, like, 2009 hits. So, like, 2009 hits and you, I hear, oh, because, like, currently right then and there, Jeff Hardy is in a storyline feud with CM Punk, and they're fighting for the World Heavyweight title, and, of course, CM Punk being straight edge, and then Jeff Hardy, you know, having his history of, like, drugs and alcohol abuse, um, sort of do that type of storyline where the straight edge savior faces off against the, like, creative, uh, in, uh what is it? <laughs> it, it the Enigma, the, the, what is it, I forget his name that they called him, Charismatic Enigma, there you go, and they feud, and then CM Punk comes out on top, and he takes the title, Jeff Hardy then leaves WWE, and apparently there's word that Jeff Hardy is gonna appear on, TN, uh, is gonna appear in TNA, now I don't know how I found about out, how I found out about this, where I found out about this, I don't remember for the life of me, but I just remember him showing up, he had cut his hair, he had new music, and he was sitting on top of that red cage. The rest is history. Then next thing you know, 2000, like right around 2010, 2011, Hulk Hogan ends up coming in and Eric Bischoff ends up coming in. And then that sort of starts. Then Aces and Nates happens with uh, Bully Ray, who was then called Bubba Ray Dudley and WWE and Devon, and like Bully Ray comes in, they do the Aces and Nates thing, and then to backtrack a bit, my main reason I had no interest nor reason for watching TNA at the time because this was also during their time when they would like interview the fans before the event would happen. So, and a couple of the fans of the TNA fans would, like, just trash WWE, say it sucked, and it was terrible, and screw WWE, they can go to hell. That whole thing. And then me, not knowing any better, because I was, like, what, 14, like, 15, 16 at the time, and I had been watching WWE, this couldn't be any better. I was invested into these storylines as a kid. And then all of a sudden, it just, like, all of a sudden, it's like, man, screw this. I'm not going to watch this. This is trash. They're trashing WWE. It didn't appeal to me as a, back then, when I was younger, but it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. So, it wasn't until I had heard that, oh, Jeff Hardy's going to be on TNA, Mr. Kennedy, who is now called Mr. Anderson, and Rob Van Dam are going to be on TNA now. So, I'm like, oh, great, three of my favorite wrestlers are gone to the other company. I might as well start watching it. And out of my brothers, I think I'm the only one that was ever interested in watching something other than WWE as a whole. Because... I still watch Impact. I recently got back into it. Um, I got more into AEW and I got more into NXT than my brothers did. Now they watch it from time to time, but it, it I, I, I don't want to be like that super uber fan. It's like I like it better, but I, you know, it is. I, I, I am gonna say that I am more mostly invested in NXT and AEW and like impact so 
And I do still watch Monday Night Raw and SmackDown as well. But going back, like, that was the only reason why I started watching, like, Impact was because of those three wrestlers. And then, of course, you know, I started developing other favorites. And I started discovering, like, uh, Frankie Kazarian and Beer Money with Robert Roode and James Storm and the Motor City Machine Guns and, like, Samoa Joe, Kurt Angle, and, of course, the main one, AJ Styles. And then, of course, watching Kurt Angle versus, like, Jeff Jarrett and their storyline, seeing, like, Matt Hardy come in and do a whole regenesis and a rejuvenation of his character before the broken Matt Hardy character. So watching that, and it was just, it was, it was so cool. Like, I will say this, they were ahead of the game. Like, their whole aspect of their storylines was much more intriguing, much more, like, hard-hitting. Like, I just remembered, like, watching Matt Morgan and Rob Terry and just watching those guys and Crimson, being a huge fan of Crimson, too. That was, that was a, like, a major thing. And watching Magnus, who's now Nick Aldis in NWA Power, and just seeing the evolution of uh, these men and women. And then, like, TNA was the first actual, like, show where I actually saw women like, female wrestlers, like, actual, like, female wrestlers, I don't want to use the term actually, but, uh, watching female wrestling, and then actually just seeing it, and then, like, TNA was the first ever show that I actually saw women in a steel cage match. It was the first time I've ever seen a female, like, females part, like, the female wrestlers participate in a steel cage match. And there was ladders, and there was chairs, and I'm like, oh my god, why am I not seeing this on WWE television? Why, why am I getting this from, like, the other company? Why is it that they're doing this on this? And it, it, it made me proud. It, it was like, finally, these women are actually, like, fighting, and they're hard-hitting, and there's action, and they're, it's a freaking steel cage match. And that was, like, the first time I saw it. And it was, I believe it was Taryn Terrell versus Gail Kim in a steel cage match. And I, 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 oh my god, it made me proud. Because I, 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 I've never, I've, um, I think I said this before. When it comes to the female wrestling and the female division of wrestling currently right now, NXT has the best roster, in my opinion. Because they, they have the talent, the grit, the hard-hitting action. Like, they, they really go, like... <laughs> for a lack of a better term, they really go balls to the wall with their their matches, and it's amazing, it's captivating, it's interesting, it's solid, like, my goodness gracious, it's so much better now, because I remember back in those days, like, the only female wrestler I could actually relate to, because she had an alternative style, was Lita, and then it became AJ, and then eventually Paige, because these girls were, like, alternative. They didn't just... They weren't the sort of stereotypical, like, they're just there because they're a pretty face or they're just an object. These women had, like... They had the heart, the determination. And not saying the rest of them didn't have heart. It, it's more or less for me. I could relate more to a Paige and an AJ Lee and a Lita than I would, like, say, an Eva Marie currently or, like... A Bandy Rose or a Dana Brooke. Like, I couldn't relate to that. Like, 
It, it just didn't, it wasn't that for me. But these ladies now, I can relate to Dewdrop. I can relate to Shotzi Blackheart, or Rhea Ripley, and Ember Moon, or Raquel Gonzalez. I can relate to those women. Amia Yim. Like those women, uh, Big Swole, Britt Baker, Hikaru Shida. I can relate to those women. I can relate to them. But the, the back then, no, I, 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 I couldn't do it. Like, my God, I couldn't even do it. But, I digress. But, see, that was the first time I've ever seen women in a match that didn't involve, like, some type of extreme expose, some type of bra and panties match, some type of pillow fight, some ridiculous, like, costume thing. Like, it, 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 for me, it felt legit. It felt legitimate. And it felt like I was like, okay, this I can watch. But, you know... I was watching TNA and I was getting all the stuff. And then, like, I will admit, halfway down the line, you kind of do see, like, oh, obviously, <laughs> WWE is watching TNA because, you know, they just stole this whole storyline from TNA. And then TNA is obviously watching WWE's product because now they're stealing their ideas. And you could see it. Like, when, like, I think it was The Undertaker was coming back again. Like, right around 2014, or like 2013, 2014, right around that time period, or maybe 2012. And you see, like, oh, they have this video package for The Undertaker. There's a crow, there's, like, rain, and it's a cemetery. And then you see the same video package for Sting, and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? They did that. Um, There was a storyline between, like, AJ and this random woman uh, claiming that she was, like, the child like the mother or like she was pregnant with AJ's baby or some shit like that and they tried to do the same thing with Daniel Bryan and I'm like wow they really are copying each other and then like there was a period of time when Daniel Bryan won the championship like the I think it was the WWE championship and the world heavyweight championship and they had Eric Young do it because they were trying to capitalize on the whole idea of like oh you got a disheveled sort of B player-esque wrestler and let's have him win the title so, it was it was funny. It was a very interesting time to see that. But, to go off of that, it was like the first time I had ever witnessed, like, a competition between two companies. And, to be honest with you, I feel as though it didn't work. Like, honestly, it didn't work. Because TNA ended up, like, what... Spike TV wasn't really average, and this is all from, like, what I've heard from professional wrestlers, through their interviews talking about it, like, they weren't being, um, advertised as much. Spike TV wasn't putting up their advertisements for people to tune in to watch Impact Wrestling. They weren't advertising it, they weren't putting it out there. So, and then next thing you know, two years later, I think they, they, uh, they ended up getting, like, they ended up leaving Spike TV, and then, you know, thus becomes the whole thing of, like, trying to search for a network. But, like, right around that time period, I just remember, like, I want to say 2016, 2017, a lot of, like, their main wrestlers, like, just up and left. Just gone. Poof. Like, Samoa Joe, Robert Roode, AJ Styles, AJ ended up leaving at night. It wasn't even 2016, 2017, it was, like, 2013. So, yeah, because that might, that explains the whole time period. So then a lot of these wrestlers ended up leaving, and then next thing you know, some of them even just show up on, like, either go back to their indie, uh, 
go back to doing indie shows and making indie appearances, and then you have some of them that just went to NXT. Because I remember there was, like, an influx of, like, XTNA Impact guys who were coming in, like Samoa Joe and Robert Roode, and then AJ Styles debuts at the Royal Rumble, and then, like, probably two weeks after that, he shows up on WWE. But it was interesting. Um, It was a very interesting time, but just to see how that sort of happened, and then next thing you know, Lucha Underground becomes a thing, wherein it, I think Lucha Underground was coming on, uh, I don't want to say fight. It was some network, I can't remember, but Lucha Underground came through, and they were sort of like doing this whole, like, sort of soap opera-ish type thing. And they lasted for, like, about four seasons before they ended up, like, stopping. But that was an interesting one because they had, like, that famous producer, Mark Burnett, come in. And, like, Robert Rodriguez come in. And they were more mostly focused on sort of the uh, Lucha Libre style. But it was it was pretty cool. I caught a couple episodes, but I didn't keep up with it. I know, I think they still have some episodes on Netflix, but yeah, Lucha Underground and the See That Company sort of come through, last about four years, and then they dissolved, like, shortly after, like, 2019, like, shortly, like, I want to say right around 2019, because before then, a lot of the wrestlers that were currently on AEW were on Lucha Underground, like Penta, El Zero, Miedo, and uh, Ray Phoenix, and Brian Cage. And I want to say Sunny Kiss as well, too. But it was interesting to see, like, professional wrestling sort of, like, hit its highs and hit its lows and then just kind of come out either on top or just get dissolved altogether. But, like, just witnessing how AEW started and then seeing how, where it's come now and how much it's grown since then. Like, to see... The current, the roster back then versus the roster right now, and to see, like, how big and how much more fun of a company it is, because, man, like, just the surprises alone, like, you have Christian Cage and then Brody Lee, may he rest in peace, uh, Paul White, Mark Henry, like, their working relationship with Impact, their working relationship with NWA, their working relationship with New Japan. And their working relationship with AAA. Like, I'd be interested to see, like, if possible, within, like, uh, the COVID restrictions and, like, being safe and everything. I would like to see if they could capitalize more or, like, it'd be, like, they could really, really work well and, like, see the future relationship develop between AAA and... Uh, AEW. I'd be very interested to see that. And obviously they do have a working relationship because Kenny is their current um, champion. But, man. It's like every week of AEW it's like a stacked like it's a very stacked like week after week after week. It's like it's very fresh. It's very stacked. They have matches that are very interesting and matches you want to see. Storylines that are captivating and so cool and just interesting and it's just hard hitting. And then like the the commentary is great. The wrestling matches are great. It's a it's a to me honestly it's a great show all around. And. After last night's episode, it really got me thinking of, like, just where I'm at now versus when I started, like, watching this. It's just so, 
Oof. Like, what? How old was I? I was 12. And I'm 27 now. And to see how much of a fan I've become and how much my level of fandom has changed ever since, like, when I first started wrestling versus where I'm at now and to, like, view it as an adult and just see, like, I don't want to say I'm in the know of everything. I just, I like talking about it now with people and, like, giving, like, the fantasy booking matches. That's probably the reason why I enjoy, like, talking about it on Twitter because you see everyone's, like, opinions and thoughts and views and they're respectful about it. Like, I appreciate more if it's, like, if within the internet wrestling community, the IWC, it it makes it more fun if everyone's respectable about it. And that's the aspect I love. And I'm glad I found that part. Now, there are some parts of it that do pop up that are like, man, this is trash, or man, this is just very toxic, and then this person's opinion is very, very toxic. But for the most part, thank goodness, knock on wood, I've come across, like, a, a, a community of people who are, like, they're, they're not trashing WWE for the sake of trashing WWE because it's like you're trashing it just because it's popular. Not because you have a legitimate reason as to why you're trashing it. You're just trashing it just because it just seems like the norm. For me, I watch all of it. I love everything. Monday Night Raw has its moments, but man, if I could say for a WWE product, NXT, top tier, and SmackDown is pretty damn decent in my opinion. But if I had to pick, NXT is number one in my book. I know, like, sometimes it doesn't get the due that it, it doesn't get its just due. Or it doesn't receive it. Like, they don't give them, they don't give NXT their flowers. But man, here's me giving NXT its flowers. Out of all the professional wrestling I watch five days out of the week, NXT and AEW are currently my top favorites. Hands down, hands tied behind my back. Top tier. Top tier tier and I'm excited for that Nick Gage versus Chris Jericho match next week that is gonna be money money and I can't wait to see it so man I just spent like damn near 40 minutes talking about my thoughts and views on the current state of professional wrestling and yeah I kind of talked about a pre uh like a brief history of like uh TNA as a whole and like me talking about how AEW is pretty damn good but just witnessing a change like I will say this as well NXT has brought metal back to the WWE and I love that like I love the music choice the overall look the feel of it NXT has brought metal back to professional wrestling and not just professional wrestling they have brought metal back to WWE because I remember a time when Metal was being played, like, the rock theme songs and, like, the metal theme songs were being played on WWE. I remember those days because those are the days that got me more into alternative metal and hard rock and heavy metal. So I want to say thank you, Triple H, for bringing metal back into WWE because it's been sorely missed. Especially from me. But, man. Uh, it's it's amazing. It's I, I'm just... So happy to see what it's become. Also, I just want to give a quick shout out to, like, Orange, the, that part of, like, AEW last night during the Darby Allen wheeler Yuta match when, like, Sting and, like, Orange Cassidy were, like, like, facing off. If you haven't seen it, 
just Google Orange Cassidy and Sting, because that was amazing, and I popped super hard for that. Like, I was laughing my ass off. It was so amazing. Like, I've seen that video at least probably three times today, and I never get sick of it. But, with that being said, I just want to uh, just say I'm so happy to witness history within professional wrestling, see how it, it's be, it's getting more exciting. Like, non-WWE related, it's getting exciting. Seeing these companies come together and have that working relationship, I am definitely watching Bound for Glory. I'm excited to see what Jay White says tonight for Impact. I'm just, and then I'm really interested to see who Kenny Omega is now going to face for that Impact title because he's beaten Moose, he's beaten Rich Swan, he's beaten Sammy Callahan. Like, who's going to take these titles off of Kenny Omega? Especially that Impact title and the TNA title. I'm excited and I'm like, man, who who's going to beat this guy? Who honestly is going to beat the belt collector? Because Homeboy is becoming Thanos with these titles real quick. And I'm interested to see what happens next. So, I just want to say thank you. I love professional wrestling so much. So, with that being said, if you would like to, like, respectfully debate me or like agree with me or we can just talk about professional wrestling in a general uh you can follow me on twitter at roll martyr x you can also find me on instagram at roll martyr x um let's see yeah my name has been Brittany. um i love talking about professional wrestling because it's like one of my favorite things in the whole wide world <laughs> and i will catch all of you on the next episode Bye-bye.